the NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast. Now we're by WinBet. Get started today. You'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGP and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. Don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. And welcome, everyone, to a Monday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is your host, ZB, coming to you guys 10 a.m. Monday, June 28th on the East Coast. And I'm joined to break it down by the man with a very fresh haircut, Munaf. <laughs> Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. You know, it's been... Uh, the one game a night really allows you to lock in. So we had a uh, a fun Bucks Hawks game last night. We'll get into that, but otherwise had a good weekend. Obviously, really fun golf tournament yesterday. If you got a chance to see that eight hole playoff, yep. was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, doing well. Uh, you know, good weekend. How about you? Doing well? Yeah, it's uh, it almost seems like there's more going uh, there's more going on in the NBA off the court than there is on the court because. You know, these, these two series are kind of, it's, at least the Suns and Clippers seems a little boring. We had a boar fest on Saturday night. I mean, if you're a guy that likes defense and and uh, those those close games, uh, defensive games, I think Saturday was a game for you. But um, I know we have a lot to get to. Yeah, that that, that was the lowest scoring game of the season, I believe. Eight, I think it was yeah. 84 80. Phoenix yeah. wins. I, I enjoyed that game. I think there, there's a lot to get to. That's obviously the game for tonight. So, Plan for today's show. We're going to talk about last night's Bucks Hawks game. Check in with that series a little bit. Then we will get to the handicap for tonight's game five between Phoenix and the Clippers. And then we will round out the show with uh, getting to some of this off the court news that you were alluding to. But let's get right into it here with uh, Hawks Bucks last night. Moon off the Bucks take a two one lead. And mm-hmm. obviously, the, the major takeaway is is Trey Young's ankle and obviously another injury. You know, yeah. setting the course of these playoffs. So. What did you think of the game last night and uh, Trey getting nicked up? Yeah, it's um, it, it's tough because it, if Trey Young is going to get hurt, then you know there's not much after that that can really propel this team to either winning Game Four, or even coming back to win the series. Um, you know, Trey Young was great again last night. You no, know, twelve of twenty three from the field. He had thirty five points. Uh, but the one thing with him is that he was a minus 13 on the field, but it almost seems like that the uh, Milwaukee Bucks have kind of figured out how to try to contain him in a little bit. I mean, he's still Trey young. He's still going to be able to get his open looks, but I think they're doing a better job of, you know, when he gets inside the pain of, of making it difficult. And I think the one thing for the Bucks, what I've seen in the last two games is that, they are hustling to every loose ball that is out there. It, it, you got to give a lot of credit to PJ Tucker. You know, it doesn't yep. show up in the stat box, but if you're, if you're watching these games and you're watching PJ Tucker, 
it's something I've I'm I'm used to seeing when he was with the Rockets because this guy would go after every loose ball. He would you know be diving to save the ball whether it was out of bounds or going into the stand. So I think I think you nailed the head nailed it on the head is when they acquired him. I think that was kind of a the type of player that this Bucks team really needed. It's really I think it's really showing up in this series so far against the Atlanta Hawks. The second thing you know Bogdanovich, I, I think since Game Four uh, against the Sixers. He's been in single digits in every single game since then. And I, we can clearly see that that he has really no lift off of that knee. And when he's a guy that can, you know, knock down shots and create his own shot, it just hasn't been there since that game four. Luckily, they were able to sneak by from the Sixers. But I think it's really starting to take a toll on him game by game against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, where you kind of need to be clicking on all cylinders to beat this team. Yeah, and obviously uh, a lot there. PJ obviously was incredible. He had a play in the fourth quarter where he literally – did like a football, do- like full on dove, like, like Superman. Left, yeah, left yeah. the air, landed right on his back, got right up, tip outs, you know. So the Bucks starters had eight offensive rebounds, but, you know, two for each of them except for Middleton, 15 offensive rebounds mm-hmm. as a team. So they were definitely there on the hustle plays. Obviously, yep. you know, the Hawks did get off to a great start in this game. They were up 15 to two early, mm-hmm. and the crowd was rocking, and the Bucks did a really nice job. And, and I think Giannis had two fouls at that time as well. Yep. And, and the Bucks did a really good job of not getting rattled, kind of staying the course, and they took over the game from that point forward um, or, you know, so, sort of steadily started to until that, that Trey injury kind of shifted things in the end. Um, you know, for the Hawks, I, I don't th- I think one thing that I – is I think people are kind of looking to bury the Hawks here after this game three, and I, I do lean that way as well. I think I do lean with the Bucks for game four, but – we remember correctly you know the hawks did win game one in philly then lost two straight got blown out at home in game three and then came back and obviously won that series so do you see any chance for the hawks to get off off the mat here um in game four obviously trey is going to be sore he said but he said he will play in game four so at least you're going to get some of him in the fourth quarter he barely did anything he was kind of more of a a spectator couldn't really get up and down so they're going to need obviously a better version of him or other guys to really step it up yeah, and I think a lot of it depends on the severity of it, of Trey Young's injury. I know they said last night that he was scheduled to get an MRI this morning, but he's going to play. I mean, if, if it's not broken, he's yeah. going to be out there. Yeah. Um, but how effective is he going to be is going to be the question. So, you know, they can make his life tougher by doubling him as soon as he hits uh, past midcourt. And like you said, making somebody else from the Hawks is going to have to step up. So the, the philosophy for the Bucks might be, hey, we're going to – Either let Trey Young do what he's been doing, and 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 if he beats us, so beat. If not, we're gonna double team him and and live with the other guys beating us. But I don't think there's enough on this roster for the Hawks for them to have that scoring power. Like I said, McDonald's has been injured. How much are you gonna get out of the Red Velvet? Um, you know, Capella's not really a guy that can you can post up and let him do his thing. And then you have John Collins who's who can get you buckets, but I don't think it's enough to go up against this this, this Bucks, Bucks offense led by, you know, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday. And, you know, last night it was a coming out party for Chris Middleton in the series. Uh, he single-handedly outscored the Atlanta Hawks in that fourth quarter. He had 20 points in that fourth quarter, and the, and the Hawks only had 17. So, you know, for Chris Middleton, if when he gets hot, it's like throwing a, a basketball into the ocean for him. And we saw that last night that he was making – shot after shot. And, you know, Vignanis came after the game. He said, I, I'm that guy for the first three quarters of the game. And we know that Middleton is our closer. 
And, you know, if he asks for the ball, you give him the ball. And, and I think we saw what that last night. So um, as much as I, I don't want to count the Hawks out, I think these last two games have really maybe taken the will out of them because we yeah. saw in game two how they blew them out. And then last night where they were up, like you said, 15 to two, and the Hawks kind of clawed, or, sorry, the Bucks clawed their back, way back in and they kind of, you know, took over that second half. Yeah. And I think another thing I noticed stylistically from this game is that, you know, the Bucks ended up with 27 assists, Hawks only 20. Yeah. Trey Young, four assists, four turnovers. Drew Holiday had 12 assists and one turnover in this game. Chris Middleton added on another seven assists. So I think we're kind of seeing the Bucks get back to their style they wanted to play. Obviously, they got really rattled offensively against the Brooklyn Nets. I think mm-hmm. they're really getting comfortable in this series, moving the ball again. And yeah, I mean, what did you think of those Giannis comments? I, th- I think pe- it's going to probably make some people mad, but he's obviously right. And yeah. I think what we're seeing now is like some of these superstars in the NBA. I saw it too, but this morning, you know, he doesn't really care that everyone's rallying on him. They, they win a title, you know, what they do obviously will, will have worked. And yeah. I like that Giannis just admitted, look, I'm not that guy in the fourth quarter. Chris Middleton is one of the best tough shot takers, tough shot makers we have in the NBA. Obviously, yeah. we saw that last night where he was just making everything from the mid-range off the dribble, really tough shots. And Giannis had a great, another great game, 33-11-4, and didn't do much in the fourth quarter, but they get the win. So, you know, yeah. did, did you like that mentality from Giannis? I, I do, and I think that's a maturity level that some of these players in the NBA don't have that because Giannis is a, you know, arguably a top five player in this league. Um, for him to admit that, hey, I'm not – he knows that he doesn't have a jump shot, right? And that's when in the, in the fourth quarter is when you need, you know, shot making and – if it's okay for him to, you know, let Chris Middleton handle the ball and Drew Holiday handle the ball. That if he's gonna, if Giannis is gonna be cutting to the basket or, or you know, getting these alley oops, I think that's gonna be good enough for them in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, I think that's a sign of maturity from Giannis and and letting Chris Middleton, you know, do his thing in the fourth quarter along with Drew Holiday. You know, Drew Holiday didn't have a great shooting night last night, but twelve assists is it's a pretty big deal. Two steals, two blocks, you know. Those are some of the stats that we don't talk about as, as fans, but as betters, we see it in the box score. So, um, you know, like I said, let, let Giannis do his thing, let him do his thing in the first three quarters. And then you kind of saw last night where Chris Middleton took over that fourth quarter. And also you have Drew Holiday there also. So if that formula is going to work for the Bucks, you know, why, why get away from it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how the Bucks come out in game four. I think this has got a great, great opportunity to kind of seize this series really and take control, yeah. you know, go out, make a statement because you are looking at the Suns potentially closing this out in game five. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they will sit on their couch and kind of wait for this Eastern Conference series to end. So sure. definitely some incentive there. Looking at the series price, Bucks up to minus 1,500, Hawks at plus 800, um, some other props, obviously, for when this series will end. But any chance of a Hawks comeback in your eyes or are you Bucks all the way? I know you had some Bucks spread series bets that you were riding. Yeah, I, I had taken uh, Bucks minus one and a half um, on the series. So I'm, I'm hoping it's wrap, it wraps up in five. Yeah. Um, and then also took Bucks in five and then Bucks in six. So uh, I, I don't see the series getting to seven. I, I think game four is going to be um, the game seven for the Atlanta Hawks. Because yeah. if they lose this game, they're going back to get the five in Milwaukee where they can wrap it up and celebrate on their home court, winning the Eastern Conference title and then heading into the NBA Finals. So um, I, I'll stick by it. I think we had both predicted Bucks in five uh, when the series started. So I'm going to stay with that. 
and uh, hopefully the Bucks get it done. I think I may have gone Bucks in six. So okay. don't give me don't don't give me too much credit there. Okay. <laughs> I was the one who said it's going to be a competitive series, which it has definitely been. And I think last sure. night was definitely a gut shot for the Hawks. They they were right in that game. You know anybody's ball game. Then Trey goes down, and the Bucks kind of move forward from there. Anything else on this series? We head over to the West in the game tonight. No, I think that's it. Yeah, so let's take a quick break here, and we're going to come back with the Western Conference. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. So get started today. You will see a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. It's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button, and PropSwap gives you a suggested to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased the Milwaukee Bucks champion 150 bucks when they were down one over the Nets, and then resold it for $1,000 after the Bucks won games. PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting, use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive the $500 in bonus cash. And go to ProudSwap.com or download the ProudSwap app today. All right, Munaf, coming back off the break. We said it earlier, one of the uh, all-time, or not all-time, I guess all-decade playoff clunkers in uh, Game 4 for both these teams. <laughs> Nobody could make a shot, obviously, 84-80. I-, I was watching highlights of the uh, Tayshaun Prince block on Reggie Miller uh, from the Pistons' old uh, championship days, and that game was 69-67 in the fourth wow. quarter. So made me think of that, but obviously uh, the series has been kind of back and forth. And then Phoenix ends up coming out in game four and they really take control of the series now up three, one. Is there any way the Clippers can come back in this series? We'll, we'll start with that. Enough. I think it's done tonight. Um, we, we talked about how great this Phoenix Suns team is at home to see uh, in the playoffs so far. Um, I believe what they won the first. They won the first two in this series. They won the first two against Denver, and then they had that one loss uh, in the first two games against the Lakers. But I think they finished it up on their floor. But yeah, I, I think this 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 Clippers team with the reports. You know, we'll get to that a little bit with Kawhi Leonard and not having Kawhi Leonard. I I think it, it's starting to take a toll um, for this Clippers team. But um, yeah, I, to answer your question, I don't I don't think that. The Clippers are—they—they they don't have a chance to come back in the series. Um, I, I honestly think it's done tonight. Yeah, and I think Game Four was very deflating for Clippers and Clippers fans. I mean, they yeah. had so many chances in that game. The Suns could—I mean, I guess you could say it either way—but the Suns couldn't score, and that game was like a one-point game for what felt like a year. And the Clippers could not score yeah. to kind of take control of that game when the Suns weren't scoring either. Now, obviously, you could say that both ways, but the Suns were a team that had the two-one lead, and they were on the road. So they mm-hmm. kind of were able to steal that game. No one really played well in that game other than DeAndre Ayton, who continues yeah. to just, you know, his rise up the ranks of, you know, NBA centers. He had a, what, 24 and 14 game, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. No, 19 and 20. 19 and 22, yeah. Yeah. 
19 and 22 and four blocks as well. So he was obviously a beast in this game playing 41 minutes. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, both struggled, both inefficient. Um, although Chris Paul obviously returning nicely. You got to be happy about that. And then for the Clippers, everyone struggled as well. Uh, Paul George inefficient, Reggie yeah. Jackson inefficient. So we come into game five. Let's set the stage here. Phoenix laying five and a half at home. Total at 214. I think a lot of people are going to try to hit that under after the way this series has been trending. Yeah. Up, where are you going with this matchup here? Yeah, I think Phoenix, uh, I, like I said at the beginning when we were talking about this series, I can't bet against this Phoenix team, especially when they're playing at home because they are just a different animal at home. And um, I'm going to take Phoenix minus the points tonight. I will probably parlay, open, play an open parlay with their money line. Maybe attach it to the Bucks uh, tomorrow night, or or maybe you know if it gets to Game Five with with the Milwaukee Bucks. But um, we've talked about all series long that the Phoenix Suns at home. You know, we go back to Game Round One, ninety nine ninety in Game One. They lost Game Two, one hundred nine one hundred two. But they've been taking care of business at home. Uh, the wrap up game or the elimination game where they won. Um, against sorry game five against the lakers they won by 30 you take a look fast forward to the denver series they won by 17 by 25 and they're two and oh at home in this series against the clippers so uh, i'll take the suns minus five i think this is a closeout game devin booker will show up in the two elimination games so far where phoenix has won he scored a combined 81 points i know we'll get to the prop shop in here in a little bit but um as far as the spread in the in the game i'll take uh Phoenix, and then I'll probably put a little bit on their team total to go over. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think for this game, a lot of people are looking at this total. So what makes you want to go over with that Suns team total? I just think they, like I said, they, they just play better at home for some reason. You know, they really get behind the crowd because I think – Yeah, they, yeah, their crowd's the, phenomenal. Yeah, their crowd has probably been one of the best, if not the best uh, home crowds in this entire um, – in this playoff run between all these teams. So – uh, I currently don't see a team total for them on my book, but um, you know I'm expecting Phoenix to just come out and take care of business. I think first quarter, Phoenix might be another look that you want to take a look at in this game. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and obviously, you know, if you're out there on Twitter or anything to say, I think there's gonna be a lot of under action. So maybe you know, waiting for yeah. that team total could be could be worth it, or just you know, if you like that over, maybe wait a little bit. I think I'm gonna go with the Clippers here. Okay. Um, Seeing that five and that, that plus five and a half tick to minus one fifteen, so maybe a little bit of movement for the Clippers. Uh, I think I think they were right there in that game too, um, and, and game one honestly as well. You know, I, I don't I don't think this series has been that you know much of a margin. I think the Suns have done a good job of winning close games in this series. So I do probably think the Suns get this done, but I think there's this is a close one here, and I think the Clippers are very alive as a dog. So I'm going to go with the plus five and a half. Um, what do you think of this bet, Munaf? Double results, Suns halftime, Clippers full time at plus six hundred. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why that's uh, that, that that's catching my gut feel a little bit. Obviously, makes, Clippers are plus one eighty on the money line, just straight up. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Because you're expecting Phoenix to come out and play well in the first half. You know, get out to a lead in the first quarter and first half. Maybe they're up by you know four or five points at halftime, and then you can see again Ty Lue. Mr. Adjustments, making those adjustments in the second yeah. half, and then having Paul George, Reggie Jackson, those guys come out in the second half and play better. So if you're, you're I think if you're Clippers better, uh, or if you like Clippers tonight uh, to win this game, I think that that's a great look at six to one. Yeah, 
yeah, I think that I will be hitting that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how they have the Clippers come out tonight. I posted this in the Slack channel this morning. This is their 18th playoff game in 38 days, and that is wow. without uh, that is without Kawhi Leonard now as well. Um, he obviously does not look like he's going to return in these playoffs. I think they got they need yeah. a huge game at Reggie Jackson tonight. They need him to be that second star. I think Paul George will have a good game tonight. Obviously, those guys combined for three of 19 from three point land in Game Four, so got to turn that around. The Clippers shot, yep. you know, five of 31 as a team. In terms of adjustments for the Clippers, I, I really like what Pat Beverly is giving them on Devin Booker. I think he actually is bothering Booker a lot. So I think Booker, Beverly, I mean, pardon me, George, Beverly, and Jackson are, are pretty locked into their minutes. I think Batum needs to play a little bit more. Um, mm. I, I really like him as a support player. They've kind of gone more Zubach to battle with uh, Aiton. And Zubach has, has been good in this series. You know, there's no doubt about it. He's been showing a lot. But um, I think they got to try to go a little bit smaller, get this offense going just because – you know, you're not going to win if you if you can't score. And, you know, I think getting Batum out there, that small ball lineup that was able to crush the Jazz, hopefully they go back to that a little bit. So I do like the Clippers plus five and a half. I will go over as well. Uh, we're sitting at 214 now. I mean, this is a big drawdown from the, from the series totals prior to this game, right? Yeah, it has been. I think the, uh, the one for game five, Sorry for the previous game uh, was two fourteen. No, sorry, two seventeen. So it, it took down about what three points here three for points, game yeah. Uh, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you big drawdown, and I think a lot of people are talking about that today. Uh, but yeah, I also think there will be a lot of uh, Suns Bucks money line parlays, like you mentioned. So we'll have to see if either these Clippers or Hawks can bust that open. Any uh, quarter bets, half bets that you like uh, before we go into the prop shop here? Yeah, I think if you like Phoenix, I, I probably like that Phoenix first quarter minus the two points. They usually get out to good leads, especially being at home uh, in the first quarter. So um, I know a lot of guys in the Slack channel have been writing the home team yeah. first quarter bets in the playoffs, especially lately. So uh, I think that's one angle that you might want to take a look at. There you go. Let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and hit some player props for this game, maybe any bets, bets that we have. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. You can use a free $25 to enter Best Ball Mania 2. And first place in Best Ball Mania 2 gets a million dollars. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Drafts are happening constantly. It's not just NFL. They also have NBA. MLB and more. So go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for your chance to win $1 million. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the off the break. Munaf, let's go into the prop shop, but it's a special prop shop. The over 300 people in the NBA Slack channel. We're at 302 now. Um, so there that's very, very exciting. We've been, we've been, we were pushing towards that next week. So we got to give the people some winners today and, and all, sure. all week as we've been doing all season. So let's step into it. Um, Munaf, where are you going with, the, with these props tonight? I am going to be looking at Reggie Jackson, but you go ahead to uh, start us off. Yeah. Um, I see the market has finally adjusted for the Andre eight number. I think we saw him at 25 and a half, 26 and a half in the previous games. Right now it's up to 29 and a half. Um, I still kind of like that, man. This, this guy's board, been playing well. Assists. 
yeah, sorry, points, rebounds, and assists for DeAndre Aiden. If your book yep. offers eight points and rebounds and assists, it might be adjusted a little bit. But, um, I mean, you take a look at his numbers all throughout the series. He's just been playing really well. Uh, last game, he had 22 rebounds and 19 points. Um, previous game, 18 and 9, 24-14. So, uh, I'm going to continue writing that uh, points, rebounds, and assists. DeAndre Aiden, I know Titus has been an advocate of that bet. So, um, you know, keep writing it until it's broken. Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, I, I like that. I'm going to start I'm gonna start with the big man as well. I'm going to go with Ivica Zubac, under okay. 24 and a half uh, points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, I think that that the adjustment for the Clippers is going to be to go a little bit smaller. I think you see much less minutes. He got 40 minutes. Um in their last last game and, and got to 27. Um, he, he's played well in this series, but you know, this is a guy who, you know, is not, is not a, a, a bona fide double, double guy every single night. So you're seeing this number float up to 24 and a half. I'm going to mm-hmm. go under on Ivica Zubac at, at that, at that uh, 24 and a half points, rebounds and assists. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about where Ty Lue makes those adjustments, and if he wants to go small in this game, I think tonight might be the night, so he might not yeah. see as many minutes as he has been seeing. So um, I think that's a great call, especially, you know, you take a look at last series where I think there's a stat out there that if he played, like, less than 20 minutes or 18 minutes that the Clippers were, like, undefeated or they had a, a astonishing winning record. So, um, you know, I think his coming out party was last game or the game before, and I think he might cool off yeah. a little bit tonight. So I like that call. Um, I, I like I said, like I said before, you know, it is an elimination game for the, um, the Suns to advance to the NBA Finals, and those are the games where Devin Booker has really stepped up. Um, he had a bad shooting night in game four, as did everybody else, but he still find, found a way to score 25 points off of, let's see here, 8 of 22 shooting, 0 of 5 from 3. But I, I think he, he shoots better tonight. He plays better tonight. I know you talked about how Pat Beverly has been doing a great job on him, but um, I, I think he finds a way tonight to you know get to at least 27 points. So I'm going to take Devin Booker. Over 26 and a half points, it's juiced a little bit at minus 125. But, um, you know, you're on the doorstep of getting to the NBA Finals. So now I'm looking for Chris Paul and and Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden. They're big three guys to just come out and really play well tonight and and get this Western Conference, uh, Western Conference Finals crown for them tonight. So Devin Booker over 26 and a half points. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see what he does with the mask tonight because I think that was definitely bothering him a little bit. And it's, it's hard to adjust. I think... I saw a report on Twitter that he said he's not going to wear and that he said if that he needs okay. to get surgery on it, that he'll do it in the off season, <laughs> but something to keep an eye on in pregame to see if he's warming it up, warming up with it on or off. Yeah. And it's definitely balls to the wall time for, for the sun. So I, I respect that move to not uh, go with it. I, I, I did have a point to make. Yeah. Devin Booker did have zero assists in the, in this game four. I think mm-hmm. that definitely had to do with the mask and potentially like being un- unable to see like the, you know, the, the floor as well. And yeah. obviously she's been struggling shooting as well in this series. So hopefully him taking it off could help him out a little bit. I'm going to go to Reggie Jackson, as I mentioned, over 19 and a half points, 20, got 24 shots up in game four. I expect, you know, more, if not, if, if anything, didn't have the three ball going. Um, and I, I think he, and he still got 20 points in that game four and, you know, he scored a quarter of the Clippers points in that game. So I think Reggie Jackson over 19 and a half, he's emerged as a, as a second offensive star for this team. 
And I think it, yeah. it, he, the matchup's there. So I'm uh, going to go with Reggie over 19 and a half to go with my Avicii Zubac under angle. And hopefully the Clippers can kind of spread it out and play small and, and play right into that. Okay. And my last one, um, let's see. I think that, like I was just going off the Devin Booker thing, that he's going to shoot better here tonight. Um, his three pointers are the market has it set at one and a half, but it's almost minus 200. But like my good friend, Boston capper says that you only pay juice if it loses. So, um, I'll go with Devin Booker over one and a half, three point shots made. Um, like I've said, this, this Suns team tends to shoot better and play better when they're at home as far as scoring points. So I think Devin Booker is a guy that, you know, he can make two three-pointers within that first quarter. So I'll go with Devin Booker over one and a half points. It is juiced uh, at minus 172, but, you know, it almost seems like free money to me. Even though he has been struggling, I think we'll see better shooting here tonight um, by both teams. So one and a half three-pointers, over one and a half three-pointers made by Devin Booker. Yes, sir. So let's run back through these plays for tonight just real quick. I'm going to go with the Clippers plus five and a half. I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go with Evita Zubac under 24 and a half. I'm going to go with Reggie Jackson over 19 and a half. Munaf, how about you? Yeah, points, rebounds, and assists. DeAndre Aiden over 29 and a half. If you have a book that offers points and rebounds only, you might find that maybe at 27 and a half. Um, Devin Booker over 26 and a half points and over on his one and a half, three point shots made for tonight. There we go. Uh, that closes up our, our uh, night session. Got it in 26 minutes. Moon up. We are, we are down. We're definitely feeling that one game per night schedule. But luckily, like you said, there's a lot going on elsewhere in the NBA. Let's start it with uh, kind of staying with this series a little bit. Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. And you, you never know how much credence to give to a report because this, this news did come from Skip Bayless's uh, mouth. I guess, um, yeah. but there is yeah. word that there. So you, n- you never know how much you want to buy into that, but there is word, and, and we can kind of read the tea leaves in general. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has not not going to be traveling with a team tonight, and it seems like there is some whether it's miscommunication or unhappiness with Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers medical staff and their front office. So, you know, we see this every year where superstars that we don't think are are have any chance of leaving, then there is some feathers being ruffled and it seems like Kawhi could have a sort of an off season situation in, in LA. Uh, so, you know, what did you, what do you think of that? And uh, how, how absolutely crazy would that be if Kawhi is on the move again? Cause he is a free agent this summer if he wants to be. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, we're going back to the same situation that happened when he was with the San Antonio Spurs. Exactly. Yeah. That he wasn't happy with their medical staff. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. It's it, you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. I mean, we I don't know. We don't know what's going on with his knee, right? How yeah. how severe it is, and it's the Western Conference Finals as a chance to go to the NBA Finals. So I think that if he felt he was healthy enough to be effective, he would be out there, no doubt. That's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. And the second, I can, can kind of going back to you saying that Skip Bay or you know Skip Bale is saying that I don't know how much credibility there is to that because <laughs> it's Skip. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly it's Skip. So that that's pretty much the handicap of that. So, um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that I'm a believer that if Kawhi felt that he was he was 
healthy enough or be to be out there, he would be out there. And for him now, we're hearing reports that, you know, that he's not happy with the medical staff. And I think that what effect does that have on the rest of the team, right? With Paul George being his co-star and, and some of the other guys on this team, we've heard reports about when he signed with LA that he had all these crazy demands of how he wanted his own jet and, and all this other good stuff that he wanted a a house in Beverly Hills or, or whatever the, the case was. But I think it's going to be interesting offseason. We thought that because there aren't going to be many free agents this offseason, but we're starting to hear some of these more rumors come out of players starting to one out. And, well, it's going to be interesting to see what Kawhi Leonard wants to do with this LA team. I think eventually we heard, you know, previous when he was with Toronto that he, he wanted to be with a team in LA and now he's there. But if you once out again, if you were a GM, Zach, would you want to go out and sign this guy because of all the reports that have come out between the Clippers now and him not being happy with the staff and then with uh, what happened in San Antonio? Uh, I think I probably still, and I, I still think that Kawhi is right there with, with, I guess with Kevin Durant and, and Luka Doncic maybe has the best players in the NBA. We'll have to, we'll have to talk, have that discussion at a later date, but I still think that Kawhi showed an elite level in these playoffs. And obviously in that series against the Mavericks late in that series, he was, back to, you know, tier 1A status. Now, yeah. I think the question is, you know, does he have a torn ACL? Like, I, I feel like that's very possible at this point. We haven't really seen any more reporting other than Sham saying that it was an ACL injury. Yeah. You know, then it was, is it a sprain? Is it like a, a really bad sprain? Is it a tear? You know, is he headed for ACL surgery this summer? If that's the case, then he's probably out for next season and the playoffs next season, right? I mean, that's kind of what the timeline that you would expect. So that could be kind of a crazy element of this to come out is even if he does want out or even if he doesn't, I think there's definitely a chance that Kawhi Leonard is not healthy for, you know, at least the beginning of next regular season, if not the entire season next year. So that's something to monitor. I still think that if he's healthy, I would try to go out and get this guy. But I, I still think that all roads point to him staying in L.A. I mean, that's where he wanted to be. Yeah. Like, if he wanted to get there, he set up shot there. I, I I don't really see it unless it's a purely championship motivated move. Now there are some teams that can definitely promise him like a really good look at a championship, whether that's Miami or, you know, I guess it's really just Miami. I mean, in terms of teams that are out there that I don't think the Knicks could offer him a championship this season, no. um, Philly maybe, but do they have enough to go get him? I think, I don't think so. Um, so I still expect Kawhi back with the Clippers, but obviously just more kind of un, you know, no one really knows what's going on with this guy. Right. And I think that's yeah. been kind of the story of his whole career it is he's very hard to get a read on. I think that's part of what makes him very appealing superstar. And obviously he's a great player, but very fascinating. He will not be in Phoenix tonight with the team. And this could be the last game of the Clippers season. So, uh, you yeah. know, I, I and, I think it's been it's been cool to see Paul George kind of step up these playoffs and kind of redeem himself. Obviously, he struggled in Game Four, but he's had a really good playoffs. Um, can't really deny what he's done stepping up for this team and taking them to this point with that Jazz win. Another superstar who maybe is unhappy. We can go to Portland here, and the Blazers hire Chauncey Billups, and yeah. that does not do anything to you know, calm down the noise about Dame Willard potentially wanting out. You've had an eye on this situation all year. You called Terry Stotts being gone um, yeah. way back earlier in the regular season. So, you know, do you think Dame's done? And uh, if so, what do you think of the, of the Chauncey hire who 
uh, from a basketball perspective, seems like a really a really nice hire for them. I'm 100% sure that they consulted with Damian Lillard at minimum on this coaching hire because he is the face of your franchise. He is a one of the top players in the NBA. Um, Damian Lillard, I think, is one of the most loyal guys in the NBA. Right? He goes out and balls out every night. But then if you think about it, it's that even at our day-to-day jobs, and I'm, I'm trying to put it in our perspective, is that you go out and your daily job and give everything that you have. But if, if you're not, if, if there's, if upper management is not doing things to make things, the environment better or, or creating a roster that can be the best that you can be to, for you to have your output at 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 a point you're going to want to move on to another organization or another job where you have that potential if that's kind of making sense of what I'm saying um they haven't really built that they haven't really built that championship roster in Portland ever since Damian Lillard's been there I think they've made one trip to the Western Conference Finals but is CJ that answer next to Damian Lillard I'm not sure um but other than that outside of their I thought of those two guys, this, this roster just wasn't championship ready. And, you know, maybe it's, it's the coaching that we talked about with Terry Stotts. Um, I think Chauncey Billups is a great hire. I think he's going to be a great players coach. He he's very knowledgeable about the game. Um, but do I think that Dame's going to be God in Portland next season? Uh, I think he's gone, man. As much as I want him to stay there, I love Damian Lillard. Him and him and uh, Kyrie are one of the two best players that I love watching just playing basketball. But I think he's frustrated. I think he wants to move on, whether that's with you know with the Lakers or with New York or you know in Philly, wherever that case might be. I, I think he's done in uh, in Portland. I think I do. I think I agree with you. I mean, I think if you read through the tea leaves here, I think the one thing that you know, this is not some random reporter putting out all this information, right? This is Chris Haynes, who yeah. over the last three years has been basically Damian Lillard's mouthpiece, right? They've like done, they're very close. I mean, it's, yeah. it's clear. And he, every time that Damian Lillard has wanted to get something out, he's gone through Chris Haynes. And now it's no coincidence that he's dropping this type of news yeah. and consistently putting pressure on the Blazers front office. Now, Jason Quick from The Athletic also reported that he thinks that it's overwhelmingly likely that CJ does get traded this offseason. Um, okay. so that kind of would set up the, the, the building blocks. And I think you also look at what Dame Willard is doing with team USA, like Dame Willard, it looks like was the main recruiter for team USA. We've already seen how in the past team USA has been a kind of a breeding ground for super teams to arise and for new player connections to kind of come up and come together. And I wouldn't have seen Dame Willard as the type of guy who'd be reaching out to other players saying, come play with me on Team USA, you know, making those relationships. So I think that's kind of an interesting part of this is he's going out and doing that for the first time in his career, um, kind of trying to be that guy. I think he's really walked to the beat of his own drum for most of his career. Now you're seeing a little bit of a shift away from that as he um, really took the first kind of, I guess, criticism of his career this season and and saying that, you know, they they, they weren't good enough to, to win. And now Portland looks like a, weaker situation now there's yeah. been reports that he's been talking to jimmy butler a little bit that would be a really interesting fit if he went down to miami i don't really think they have enough to offer to get him compared to maybe you know the knicks who have a ton of assets 
and the Sixers have well, who have assets and they have Ben Simmons, um, I guess as, as a trade ship, Tyrese Maxey, some others, but I do think that Dame could definitely be on the move. And I don't think a, a rebuild is that unattractive for the Blazers. I mean, they really, they've given their fans what, like, you know, 15 straight years of, of pseudo contention. Like they've been in the yeah. playoffs a lot. And yeah. I, I don't think, you know, if you can and look, Dame is not getting any younger. Like I, I don't think they're winning a championship with this Dame Lillard, CJ core as sad as that is to say, um, I guess this was kind of their year, honestly, right. They had the nuggets, a banged up nuggets team. And then they had a Phoenix suns team. Um, they really could, that, that was kind of wide open for them to go potentially uh, make the, make the conference finals or make the finals. And they, they, they obviously fell way short of that. I just yeah. don't think, I think this, this team has kind of run its course. I, I wouldn't hate to see, you know, go get a James Harden S trade package for Dame and kind of start things over with Chauncey Billups. You signed Chauncey Billups to a five-year deal. There's really no yeah. pressure on him to, you know, what are you, what was even the point of making that coaching change? If you're not going to, switch it up, right? Terry Stotts is already getting you into the second round or the first round every single year. You were making the playoffs every year. Like, I think it's time for kind of a fresh start. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I personally, if I was a Portland fan, obviously tough to swallow trading Dame. Uh, but I, I think a rebuild, they, they could be well-suited for one. Um, you know, in terms of other destinations, obviously Dame Lillard very publicly is from Golden. He's from Oakland. So oh, I think God. that that is something I have been trying to, you know, think through. Maybe they have obviously two lottery picks. They have James Wiseman. Um, probably not enough to get the deal done, but I, always, I thought that would be a really fun uh, location for Dame. He's obviously really close with Draymond Green as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really I'm, interesting to watch their offseason. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking at this roster for the uh, – men's uh, USA team and there's a couple interesting destinations that if he builds relationships with some of these players that he either recruits them to Portland or he wants to get traded there and I think the two guys that are kind of sticking out to me like you said Draymond is there with the Warriors but also Jason Tatum with Boston is there and Bradley Beal with the Wizards is there so I think if obviously Boston's not going to trade Jason Tatum but we've heard about Bradley Beal wanting to possibly leave Washington. And and we know his name was really circulating throughout the season. If the Portland trailblazers went out and acquired Bradley Beal with Damian Lillard, I think that would enable him Damian Lillard to stay in, um, in Portland. And I think that would again, form another competitive superstar backcourt in the Western conference. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on, you know, if they get Bradley Beal, then would Damian Lillard want to stay? Or does he want to go to Washington? I was thinking the other way. What if uh, what if the Celtics traded for? I don't think they have enough to do. So what if they traded for Beal and Lillard, and they made like a Beal Lillard Tatum? Oh god, big three in Boston. I don't. They, I don't think they have enough to do that. But yeah, I, I think that they have, may have enough to get Lillard, but it would have to be centered around Jalen Brown. Brown for sure yeah. at the, as a starting piece, and then you know throw in draft picks and and try to get them there. But then is that still going to be enough to get past the Brooklyn Nets if he wants to win a championship? And I don't think so. So maybe I think getting guys to the Western Conference might may, in Portland might be the better answer. But dear God, if he finds a way to end up with the Golden State Warriors, uh, <laughs> God bless us all. I think that, let's just say hypothetically, Damian Lillard got to the Warriors with Curry, Thompson, Draymond, and Lillard going up against the big three in Brooklyn as a NBA Finals. That would be incredible. That would probably be, the, be a <laughs> one of the best NBA Finals ever. 
so much star power, so much going on, but you know, we're, we're sitting here uh, dreaming about these scenarios, but you know, I, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, whether they go out and get a Bradley Beal or Damien gets traded to, you know, one of these teams, like you mentioned, Jimmy Butler, um, you know, Boston's always a possibility or acquiring a guy like Bradley Beal. I think Zach Levine may be another name. Yeah, that's that a good point. They can, you know, acquire and if he maybe if he wants to go to Chicago. So uh something we'll definitely be monitoring as we get into the offseason of the NBA. Yeah, and I, I think the, la- the last thing I will say here is that the key probably if you want to form a big three this summer, I think you would have to have Kawhi Leonard as a part of it because he can actually become a free agent. You know, and then you have Kawhi sign somewhere and then you trade for Dame, I guess. I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough, but yeah. as always, yeah. the offseason will be crazy again. Last thing before we get out of here, your thoughts on the Mavericks hiring Jason Kidd as their head coach. Seems like there was a lot of turmoil there. Still maybe is yeah. some turmoil there. Mark Cuban, uh, kind of a weird process where they hired the coach first and they had an unnamed GM and the GM's name was leaked after. It's a Nike executive who apparently has great relationships across the NBA with players. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of showing a, maybe a shifting definition of what the general manager role is. But Jason Kidd, is he going to help Luka Dodge bring a championship back to Dallas? I, I, I put this in the in our NBA Slack channel when when, Clark, when, when Rick Carla got fired. Is that if they anybody saw any betting odds on the next coach for the Dallas Mavericks? And I thought I think Jason Kidd was the first guy that came to my mind. And I think Scott um, was the one that said Bet Online had those odds, and I quickly jumped on Jason Kidd eight to one to the Mavericks. So. It just made a lot of sense because he was a former player there. Um, we heard that one of the assistant coaches was uh, was a serious candidate there, but I don't think we haven't seen the last time a assistant coach was promoted within that same team to the head coaching job. It's always sometimes been an outside hire, but it just made too much sense with uh, Jason Kidd ending up there. Um, I, I really don't know much about the GM that they hired. I know that he like, he was a Nike executive and like you mentioned, has great relationship with players around the league. Um, but is that going to be enough to keep Luca there? I think Luca does stay, but if the interest, the off season for the Dallas Mavericks, again, is going to be interesting that if they're getting to the playoffs and their first round exit again, then we might see Luca might wanting to bounce and, and head to another team. So um, I, it's a, it's a the hire makes too much sense for the Dallas Mavericks to get Jason Kidd. So um, a player's coach, you know, and I think that may sway Luca to change his mind and, and play. But uh, I like the hire. I don't. I don't hate it for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not writing it off by any means. I mean, I don't really know what Luca wants, right? I mean, he had the ball in his hands as much as any player in the NBA. Like, I feel like Rick Carlisle really did cater their system to his stars, right? I mean, sure. maybe Porzingis might not be happy, but Luca had a, a, as high of a a role of, as any player in the NBA now. Jason Kidd, I'm sure on the relationship front, there's something to that. Apparently, Dame Willard wanted Jason Kidd in Portland before he removed his name from the ring there. So, obviously, that's yeah. something to um, consider. And, and you know, the Mavs seem to be keeping it in the family. They're bringing Michael Finley back. They're bringing mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki back for the special advisor. So, kind yeah. of an interesting shakeup there. Obviously, you got you to trust Mark Cuban as the helm of the organization. But we'll be definitely interesting to see what how that relationship between Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic plays out. Um, but yeah, I mean, the NBA never sleeps. The off season is going on as the conference finals wind down. Moon, anything else you wanted to discuss today? 
Uh, no, I think that was it. Um, you know, a lot of crazy stuff going on, like we said, both on and off the court. So like you said, NBA doesn't sleep. So, um, I'm sure we'll get more reports and more things coming throughout the week and, and into the off season. I think there's only what three head coaching jobs left now between Orlando, Washington, and new Orleans. So, uh, definitely, I think we'll see some news. I think Mike D'Antoni might be the next hire for one of these teams. So, um, definitely, uh, you know, have your uh, notifications for Shams and, and Wu Johns uh, if there's any big news that come, come that comes down. But uh, I'm excited, man. We got games tonight and slowly getting to the NBA offseason. And we also have the draft coming up, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yep, we got well shows all week getting to you guys these conference finals games. Obviously, Clippers Suns tonight. We'll have a uh, game four for Bucks Hawks tomorrow. Moon up. Where can people find you on Twitter or anything else you want to plug for the people? I'm just going to read this this something from Skip Bailey that sounds ridiculous again. It was about <laughs> Trey Young last night. So he said, if Trey Young had not stepped bizarrely back on the ref's ankle, the Hawks would have won the game. That crowd was crazed with Cam Newton and Floyd Mayweather. It felt, it felt like an electric event with, for Trey to shine. Instead, he did the opposite. <laughs> I just feel like that they pay him to say stupid shit just yeah. because – just because I need that back and forth banter between him and Shannon, but <laughs> I mean that I that, that was a, a freak injury. I, I kind of it was. Bad. It was really I, feel, weird. I feel bad for the referee. I think it's also hilarious. I'm just pulling that up. That Skip Bayless, zero people following on Twitter, <laughs> three million <laughs> followers not following anyone. That's a boss move right there. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought that was fun. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Um, dropping all MLB plays, NBA plays, and then uh, usually tweet out the any articles I'm writing for sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So definitely check me out there. Yeah, great new logo, the sports nerd logo with the beard and the mat and the algebra in the beard. Who, how'd you get that one uh, made up? Jake, uh, Jake from our Slack channel. He's a, he's a, uh, I think he's a graphics guy. So I kind of reached out to him, kind of want to do some branding on my Twitter so um, I said, you know, can you throw me a couple things together? Uh, and he threw it out there and he had he threw, and he had one of them. He had the beard in there. I was like, oh, man, I love that. It's kind of like my that's kind of like my signature. And then, yeah. you know, we, we we went back and forth and, you know, Jake's a great guy. So shout out. Thank you so much again, Jake, for doing that for me. And, uh, uh, you know, there's so much talent outside of betting in our uh, SGPN uh, community. So. Uh, definitely reach out to some of these guys. These guys are great. So thank you so much again, Jake, for that graphic. Yeah, thank you, Jake. You got Moon off looking good. The follower count is bumping up. I know you have like 12 burners as well to follow all your beat writers <laughs> for every sport. So you know, I, do. You, <laughs> I know you You are definitely out there. Um, and, and the logo for the people, uh, I'm liking it. Definitely check out Moon off stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Also the MLB Gambling Podcast and all the podcasts in the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, this is the NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, and please subscribe, rate, and review to this one. You can follow me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Um, and that's about it. We'll be back the rest of the week with shows. And uh, with that, good luck with your best tonight. Got a lot of plays out there in the show today. And uh, let it ride, everybody. Basketball, give it, give it, give it.